stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. So under this verse, you have the question, Who is my mother? The first thing that you want to pay a lot of attention to is what we've been talking to you about over the past weeks. And that is, there is a difference, a very big difference between the natural and the spiritual. Now, a simple example I like to give is, or examples, is Jesus speaking to a man who comes to him and wants to know what's going on. We realize that you're from the Spirit, great miracles that are taking place, and you're different than anything we've ever seen or heard. And so Jesus begins to tell him you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. He wants to know, and this is where Jesus speaks something spiritual, and he tells the individual, you, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. And this man used to and continues to think in the natural he wants to know, well, do I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered spiritually again. And he said, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom except you're born again of water and of the Spirit. And tells him not to marvel. And he tells him also that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So he got kind of right down to it and made it very plain. And then he said, that which is born of the Spirit spirit. So you must, in reading the Bible and trying to come into God's realm, the spiritual realm, God's kingdom, then you must get away from natural thinking. Okay? It's very important. This is not a natural book, and we're not dealing with a natural God. This is a spiritual book given to us by God who is a spirit. All scripture given by the inspiration of God. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. Okay, so when you read the word of God you have to and study it, you have to ask the Lord to help you to under, understand his way of thinking and his way of speaking and what it is that he's trying to get to our hearts and our minds. Okay, very, very important. So the question is, who is my mother? Now they they come to Jesus. He is. You got to get the setting here. Jesus is in the days of his flesh. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Same as saying God is come in the flesh. All right, because God has a name, and His name above every name is Jesus. Okay, all right. And so He chose, being invisible, He chose to show Himself visibly. And that's where you get the flesh from, because he spoke the word as a spirit, as the spirit. He spoke the word over Mary, a willing vessel, and she brought forth the flesh, that which was conceived in her by the spoken word of the spirit. He said, let there be, and there was. That which was conceived in her was of his Holy Spirit. After the due course of nature, 
then she produced the flesh known as the Son of God and the Son of Man and the Son of Mary. Okay? But in this flesh dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. In him dwelled the fullness of God. That's why he had all power in heaven and in earth. That's why he could do all the miraculous and marvelous. That's why this man came to him. No man can do the things that you're doing. That's not man that's doing that. And that's why Jesus said, if you don't believe me talking about this flesh that you're looking at, he said, then believe me for the work's sake. Because it's not me, but it's my Father which is in me. It's the Spirit which is in me. So the, the revelation is we have Spirit in flesh. We have the mighty Spirit in Christ, in the flesh. Okay? And so now, on this particular day, they're coming, people are speaking, and they're saying to him, your mother and your brethren are standing without. It's a big crowd, a bunch of people. There were circumstances where <clears throat> people couldn't even get in to the house or assembly place where he would be at. It was so crowded. And so they, would, they wanted a man who was uh, on a stretcher, and he was carried by four men, and they couldn't get in the door to bring him to Jesus for healing. So they went up on the roof, and they broke the roof up. They didn't act like they took it out nice and neat, tile by tile, nail by nail. It said they broke it up. They got, they got with it. And they lowered that fellow down by ropes at the feet of Jesus. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is that on this day, they could not marry the mother of the flesh and his brothers. Okay? She had more children, but they weren't supernatural. They weren't by the spoken word of the Spirit. They were by the natural means, okay? Not by supernatural means as Jesus the Christ was, but they were by a natural physical means, all right? So here they are all standing without. They can't get to Jesus, and it's a big crowd and a bunch of people, and so they begin to say, hey, your mother, your brother here, come on, you know? And so Jesus said, well, he said, well, who? Who is my mother? When you come to this truth, to the body of Christ, when you come to the, and you are given the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of how to make heaven, how to be born again, in other words, of water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon of all of your sins and that you come to the knowledge of how to be born again of the Spirit, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence, the initial biblical evidence and signs of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability to do so. Okay? So when you get that knowledge, then you realize upon being baptized in Jesus' name in water, and your sins fully pardoned, and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, in your heart, okay, that you then become a son and a daughter of the Almighty God. He places you in the body of Christ. And you learn then that the church is my mother. The church is my mother. Now, I said you must think spiritual, all right? And in thinking spiritual, you must begin to realize what is taking place in your life. 
This is not a club. This is not some kind of little handshake. This is not signing somebody's little uh, card with some little prayer on it or some little club membership deal on it, okay? That is not what your Bible teaches. Time for you to start thinking more spiritually. Time for you to begin to understand what, who and what God is all about. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Now, if you want to shake a hand, and help out ladies, if you want to shake a hand, and you want to uh, join a club, then I would suggest for you that you go uh, down to the Elks or down to the BPOE or whatever they call it, sounds like a gas station, but go to one of those places and you can do that, okay? You can become a member of somebody's club and, and, and all of that. But that is a very natural thing, you know, the Kiwanis or the Masons. We don't do that, but I'm saying if that's what somebody wants and some denomination and you want to have little secret handshakes and blood oaths and everything else and all these kind of things that they don't tell people up front, they tell you that way later when they pulled you in and the Spirit gets a hold of you, then that's what I guess you or others will have to do. But if you want to come to the church, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, if you want to come to that, then you're going to come and you're going the Bible way, chapter and verse, and get an experience from heaven that's going to be a spiritual experience and that it's going to deliver you from all the natural and fleshly and worldly things, worldly spirit, worldly attitudes, worldly way of thinking, fleshly way of thinking, carnal way of thinking, Carnal mind is the enemy of God. God is a spirit, and we want to start thinking spiritually so that we can receive a spiritual experience. That's why people who just sign cards and shake hands, that's why they still think like the devil and act like the devil and exhibit all kinds of fleshly characteristics. And that's been said, you know, one man was told, just come, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, you can shake the preacher's hand and we'll do this and we'll do that. And, and so he went, you know, and he shook the preacher's hand and, and they, they, uh, they said he was okay. And, and he's told me personally, he said, he said, but I still smoke the same cigarettes. He said, I still drink the same type of booze, beer and everything. And I still do this and I still do that and I still do the other. Okay? He said, there's no difference in me. Well, that's the flesh, and that's natural, and that's religion, and that's denomination. All right? But if you want to get delivered from lust, you want to get delivered from sin, if you want to get to a, an experience that you won't think that way anymore, act that way anymore, be that way anymore, that you will no longer be in bondage, and be a slave to the enemy, then you want to come to the church that Jesus started, the church that he gave birth to, the body of Christ, okay, so that you won't be like you used to be. You won't go the places you used to go, and you won't act the way you used to act, and you won't partake of the things that you used to partake of. You won't speak the way you used to speak because you're not going to be thinking 
the thoughts you used to think, okay? When you get born again, when you come to the body of Christ, the church, which is your mother, and she mothers you through the born again, she gives birth to you through the born again experience, then you're going to be a brand new you. You're going to be born again. So we're born sinners naturally in this world. We're born lost. We're born in sin and separated from God, from His Spirit. That's what sin does. But He gave to Mother. He gave to the church. He gave a ministry of reconciliation. That which would bring us back. We got broken away from God by sin and separated from His Spirit by sin. And we've done it wrong and we've said it wrong and we've acted wrong and we've lived wrong and we've made mistakes, all kinds. Paul, that became the apostle, he did so many things wrong and even said that he compelled people to blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. Yet he said, I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. I was a sinner. Had religion coming out of my ears. Had all kinds of pedigree. Shook all kinds of hands. Signed all kinds of things. And had all kinds of letters and degrees after my name. But I had to say one day, Who are you, Lord? <laughs> and the Lord said, I'm Jesus. And you're fighting against me. Oh. He said, well, what would you have me do? Well, that's more like it. That's much more like it. We can just get that religion out of there, all that deception out of there, all that false natural teaching out of there, and we can get you to a place where you can get a spiritual experience, then you can know that I am Jesus, whom you're fighting in your present characteristics and ways. You can get it. So Paul did. He was told to go. Of course, his name was Saul at the time, but he became the Apostle Paul. He was told to go to a certain house, certain streets, certain a city, and there it would be told him what he must do. Now, on the fleshly side, we've got this guy named Saul of Tarshish. On the spiritual side, he's going to become the Apostle Paul. But on this fleshly side, we've got this great big mountain of pride, higher than, than Mount Everest, you know. We've got this guy who's just oozing pride, okay? And he thinks he knows everything, and he's got the best pedigree, and so on and so forth. But he comes to find out he doesn't even know who God is. Comes to find out he needs an experience, that he, he's blind and he's undone and he's miserable and he's done things wrong. He's said it wrong, he's acted wrong, his attitude's been wrong. Things were just wrong. And so he's, he's now he's saying, what will you have me to do? And he's being told, he told you what you must do. Ooh, that was different. Okay, Lord, what must I do? He said, well, you're going to go to a certain house in a certain city, certain street, certain person, and it's going to be told you what you must do. What a difference. I'm going to listen. I'm going to take orders. I'm going to be told what. I'm going to become teachable. I'm going to become trainable. I'm going to be hungry and thirsty for God and what's right. Big difference going on here. And, and this man wasn't even born again yet, but he got a mighty beat down, didn't he? <laughs> he got quite a slap down. And so he gets up, he's looking for people to lead him, he's blind, he can't see, they take him right where he's supposed to go, and he gets there, and God's working on the other end of the line, as God does, and confirming his word and his will, and here comes this preacher, and he goes in there, and he begins to tell him, why are you waiting, why are you tearing, why are you dragging around, time for you to be baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord, what's his name? Jesus, Jesus. 
Lord. He said that too. And so then he was baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism. And then he said that he was so glad he got the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues more than anybody. Okay? So what a great experience he received. It's very wise of you to get involved with this and don't be uh, on the surface. The scripture teaches you about people who did not look at the church as their mother. They did not look with the proper respect and give the proper heed. And they want to just run in here and run out of here. And they don't ever, they hear the word of God, they believe it for a little while. Okay? And then the first news you know, so many other things begin to distract them again. And the seed that was sown was only on the top. And here comes the old devil, the buzzards of hell. And they begin to snatch that seed right out of their heart. And next thing you know, they're right back doing the same things they've always done. And they sure don't want to see me coming around. Okay? All right. And then you've got, um, you've got the seed that fell next on, those, on, the, on the ground where it was rocky and stony. And they also believed for a while, but they didn't get any depth. The seed didn't get down deep enough into the soil. And so when the sun was risen or when some kind of persecution, you going to that church? You want me to get really bold with it? You going down that white man's church? Talk about prejudice. It runs both ways, honey. I hate to tell you that. It runs all ways, you know, all colors, all nationalities, all kinds of things. Italians don't like the Chinese, and the Chinese don't like the Japanese, and the Japanese don't like the Koreans, and, and, you know, the English don't like the French, and it just goes on forever. That's the characteristics of the world, okay? But when you get the Holy Ghost, things change, all right? Things change, and they change for the good. You know why? Because she becomes your mother, and you're not Italian anymore. You're not Chinese anymore. You're not black American anymore, or white hunky anymore. You're none of those things anymore. Now you're in the church. Now you got citizenship in another world. You're in the body of Christ. That's where you're at. And you need to know that. You need to believe that. And you need to act like that. You need to act like that. You need to act like that. Your attitude changes because your heart changes. Your heart, right here, where you think at where you have your emotions, your feelings at. Things have changed. When God really gives you this born-again experience, He sends through the Holy Ghost. He sends the, the, that's His Holy Spirit. He sends that gift of the Holy Spirit into your heart. And you begin to speak another language or tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. You're going to be a new person if you'll work with it. Now, if you want to be some little top minter, superficial thing and run in and run out, and you don't ever get anything really to speak of, then you're going to be just like them, that they did not, a little persecution arises, and they wither away and they die first news you know they're not here anymore. Now, I don't want to convict you, but you know, maybe they come once a month or once every six weeks, and after a while, they're just not coming at all. Now, that's what your Bible teaches. Or, then you have, it also fell upon the thorny ground. And the thorns came up, and they began to choke that seed, even when it was showing promise. It was beginning to show that it was going to bear fruit. But those thorns, the thorns were the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of sin. And they came in, and sin is a spirit very deceptive, very sneaky, very deceptive, and going to try to deceive you and choke 
that good word of God that's in your heart until it chokes you with the cares of this life, so many other things that become so monumentally important. And you've heard people say, well, I, I just don't have time to go to church. Well, if you're too busy to come to God's house and come see your mother, then you're too busy. You hear me? You're too busy. The church is your mother. You need to come see mama. You need to check in here. You need to love. So you've got to recognize that you've had a spiritual opportunity to have a spiritual experience. And then, of course, the seed fell upon the good ground and said, these are they that in an honest and a good heart, an honest and a good heart. That's what God wants to give us, an honest and a good heart. He wants you to have an experience that you will begin to bring forth fruit. You'll yield fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold, the scripture teaches. God's looking for the honest heart. God's looking for that good heart. He wants to get somebody that's going to be honest and good about this, that they're going to have a good treasure and going to bring out of the good treasure good things. They're going to be a blessing. You can get an experience with him that will change your life for the good. So when somebody says, who is my mother? You can be like Jesus said, my mother, in other words, is the church. And I'll get to that later. But the church is my mother. The church is where I'm getting this experience from and I'm learning from and I'm growing from and I'm getting away from the natural things of life and I'm making my priorities the spiritual things in life. That's why Jesus was balanced about it and we're always balanced about things. We don't want to go too far extreme left and we don't want to go too far extreme to the right. We always want that biblical balance, that moderation, there is that wisdom of God which will keep us balanced, if you please. You might even get like me. After a while, you'll keep the bubble in the middle. All right, that's funny as that's going to get. So who's my mother? Who's my mother? The church is my mother, okay? The church is my mother. And Jesus wants to teach you and wants you to be taught by your mother. He wants to teach you the spiritual side of things, the important side of things so that you can get a good rooting and grounding and settling into the church, the body of Christ, that you can truly be led to the rock, Jesus, that is higher than you, and that you can be firmly rooted and grounded and settled and not moved away from the hope that is in the gospel, the one gospel. Anything else is not another, no matter what they call it, it is not another gospel. This is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You must be born again of water and spirit. You do that by repenting, being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what places you spiritually into the body of Christ. Jesus taught it this way. He, uh, they came one day, and they were concerned about certain things, and he said, listen, he said, you render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. There's certain things that we do as, shall we say, citizens here on this planet Earth, and he said, but you render to God the things that are God's. Don't confuse and mix up the spiritual and the natural. But it goes further to teach you, though, that if there's ever a cross there between Caesar and God, then you go with God, okay? And you just stiffen your spine and square your shoulders and get a hold of some good Holy Ghost strength and reserve and tell yourself, I'm not going to give something of God's to Caesar not going to do that. I'm going to give what belongs to God to God. 
And that's how you're going to get out of that dilemma because there are going to come times and upon us soon that are going to make for very tough choices. And it's going to take people who are spiritual and living at that time that are going to make that first resurrection. You know, some people have died and they are asleep in Jesus and they're in the grave and dead and they're ready for the first resurrection to take place. But there's going to be a people, a church called out for his name that are going to be alive and remain and be operating and be witnessing and doing his will. They're going to be here through everything that happens till he returns for the church. And those people are going to have to choose God over Caesar time and time and time again. You better hear me what I'm telling you. It's going to, you're going to, your love for God is going to be tested. It's not going to be some little top minor, little superficial kind of experience that's going to make it. That's going to wither away and die. That's going to choke out and that's going to be choked out. You've got to get this experience in your heart and you've got to recognize who your mother is. My mother is the church. I'm with the body of Christ. I'm with the chapter and verse. I'm going to stay with God and stay with His Word. Everybody said amen. amen. This is not a club. This is not some little fad. This is not some get some little good feeling for a little while, some little buzz or somebody call it a kick. Not going to get some little nonsense like that. This has to take depth. This has to become who you are. You are this person. You are this son and daughter of God. That's who you are. You're not a fake and you're not a phony and you're not some kind of hypocrite. But you've got a genuine experience. Do we struggle? Yes, we struggle with things. There are there spirits to fight? Yes, there are spirits to fight. Is there a day in and day out of putting one foot in front of another and bringing yourself into a discipline as an Olympian would do? Yes, that's right. That's going to be. But you fight on. You keep going forward. You keep relying on child. You look to mama for your guidance. You look for that. You need that. Everybody needs that. Fight off independent thinking and independent spirits. You fight off that big showboat stuff and that proud stuff and that haughty stuff. Those are not characteristics of the spiritual person at all. Those are fleshly. And the book said it'd be better for you to get rid of those things than to go to hell with all that stuff in your heart. Be real bad to go with all of that. Because I'm telling you, there's going to be a, a lower side of hell. There's going to be a bad side of hell. And it's going to be people who've got so much regret because they heard the preaching, they had the opportunity, and for some way, shape, or form, or reason, they seemingly reason, they turned their back on it, went away from it, or got overcome by the devil, and absolutely they're going to live in a worse situation than others. Better to have uh, never come to the knowledge of the truth than, and go to hell than to come to the knowledge of the truth and then go to hell. Going to be a lot more regret, believe me, beaten with many stripes the book said. So you have an opportunity here. You have an opportunity now. And you need to seize that. You need to grab hold of this. Even as the little woman got a hold of the hem of his garment and got just what she needed from him. She got that virtue. Well, virtue isn't just a moral power and excellence to heal your, your physical frame, but it's to get to your spiritual frame. It's to reach to the inner person, the real you, and get you straightened out get you washed in the blood. Everybody said amen. amen. Alright, then he goes on. Look, he extends it now. Goes beyond mama. 
He says, and who are my brethren? Or who's my family? Who's my family? Now, I want to take and turn your attention a chapter or two. And we're going to look down as I bleed into this. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. You must learn here who, who's my brethren? Who's my brothers? Who's my sisters? Who's my family? You know, you've got to learn when you come into the body of Christ that that is the center. Jesus is the center of your life and everything that makes him up, if you please. All the brothers and the sisters and, and, and the body of Christ. This is the people that you fellowship. These are the people that you want to hang around with. These are the people you want to go to church with and worship with. These are the people that you learn to trust your life with. These are the people that you look to who've been around to help you under the leadership of the pastor to bring to you uh, steadiness. Sometimes we'll have somebody, you know, in the, in the old days they had the oxen and they would take that older, more experienced and steady oxen and they would take the inexperienced, younger, uh, little cantankerous oxen and they'd hook that one up with the older, more mature one to steady it down and to help straighten it out, hook them up together in that yoke so they could pull the load that they're supposed to pull it and pull it in the direction they're supposed to pull. So if that young uh, little got still got a little black pepper in him, so to speak, and he wants to go off that way, well, that serious, uh, steady, solid ox would pull that one back and keep him straight going down the road there. Can become like a, a mentor, again, under the leadership of the pastor and help that individual to go in the right direction. You know, this is all about winning people to Jesus and to his church. This is about getting people loyal to the system that Jesus has designed within the body of Christ. you got to learn who your brethren are and who your family is and who's important here and who and where we're going. This isn't something top minor. This isn't something superficial. This isn't something that is a fly-by-night. This becomes your life. This becomes who you are and who you're becoming. You're learning more and more. And as the book said, you're growing in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, You're learning to put on Christ. This isn't just a little Sunday morning show out. Okay, Everybody said praise the Lord. So Matthew 14, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Herod, the Tetaric, or the governor, heard of the fame of Jesus. And he said unto his servants, he said, this is John, this is what Herod is saying, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. You know, that's what Jesus, I'm going to go on in a minute, but that's what Jesus uh, said to his disciples, and that he was training them. And he said, whom do men say that I am? And that's just what they said, just like this. Well, some say you're John the Baptizer, risen up. Some say you're, you're Jeremiah, and some say you're this, and some say you're that. And then Jesus brought it right down to it, and he said, well, whom do you say that I am? Never mind public opinion, all them people running around out there with all their denominations and all their ideas and misinformation and lack of revelation and human spirit going on there. Who do you say that I am? And that's when the Spirit of the Lord spoke through Peter. And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's where Jesus in the days of his flesh acknowledged. You didn't get that from flesh. You didn't get that from somebody's uh, little commentary. He said, You got that from my Father. You got that from the Spirit that dwells in me to the fullness. You got that from the right source. That's what you got. 
and he began to teach on the church and introduce the church then. Well, let me not get off base here, but you notice here that this guy thinks that Jesus is just John the baptizer. He's just like the rest of the public opinion. Verse 3, though, for Herod had laid hold on John. He also had a very guilty conscience going on there because he laid hold on John the Baptist, this, this governor did, and he bound John and he put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. Oh, the things that people do for family, the sin that they do because of family pressure, the things that they get themselves involved or that they reach out and do for family, all because it's family. Who's your family anyway? You better understand something. It's not them anymore. You've got to realize you've been translated, the Bible said, translated into the kingdom of our dear son. That's what the book said. You've come in out of darkness and you've come into marvelous light when you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're, those aren't your friends anymore. That's not your family anymore. That's all natural and that's all carnal. You've got to get it in perspective. I'm born again now. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not the old sinful me. I don't go where they go anymore. I don't talk like they talk anymore. I don't embib myself with the drink anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. Not that way anymore. You want to help your natural family, then you get this good Holy Ghost working in your life to where you recognize who your mother is and who your brethren are, who your family is, and then you can let your light shine and you can lead. You can lead them with the light. You can be an example, as the Bible said, of a believer. Scrunch up, guys. Slide over a little bit. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Nice group of young men. We like that. Okay? All the things people do, they get around family. Everything is family. The family whistles, the family pops, the family calls. Woo! We're gone. Church doesn't matter. Rally don't matter. Prayer meeting don't matter. Uh, street meeting don't matter. All, all of a sudden, all that stuff, we got plenty of energy to go be around the natural side of life. But somehow, we can't seem to find the willpower, the spiritual willpower. No wonder he said renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renew me in my will to live for you, to recognize you. That, you know, just as the foolish, they had no uh, Holy Ghost. They did not have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they got all, you know, about what they were doing. Procrastinating, put it one day, one day, one day, yeah, one day, one day, one day. You know, some people only have a burden for their natural family. They can't get a burden for any lost and dying souls out there. They can't seem to reach somebody anew. You know, we've said that <coughs> strangers are friends that you've yet to meet, and it doesn't mean you're fellowshipping and hang out with them. No, but you're trying to win them. You're trying to get a Bible study with them. You're trying to to get their attention and focus it on the Word of God and give to them this great truth that you have. Let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. So you look to the church as your mother. You look to the brothers and sisters as your family. You look to the body of Christ. And you learn the lesson here. What all was done in the name of family. The letdown. The ignoring the 
says it's not a whole big deal here. And, and uh, having the wrong uh, appraisal of things. We want to appraise things properly. The, the church becomes your family and, and your mother and everything that you have need of. And you want to become a part of what he's doing. The foolish, they had not the Holy Ghost. One day, but I'm too busy. I got to go to the ball game. I got to go to the family reunion. I got to go to the picnic. I got to go here and I got to go yon and this and that and the other. And pretty soon days are going into years and years are going into 10 and 15 and 20 years. And people are still not. And here came the, the, the Lord. He come, The cry comes at midnight. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And boy, all of a sudden people were in the, eating the chicken at the family reunion. They stop. Oh, oh. The Lord's coming. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, give me what you got. Give me some of that Holy Ghost. <laughs> Too late now. Too late now. Too late now. Too late now. You didn't recognize who your mother was. You didn't recognize who your family was. And so the book teaches they were foolish. They made themselves foolish. And God called them that. Foolish. Foolish. Had no oil. And all the while, from the time they just started putting off, and you know, you can put off and put off, and you can put off until it gets put off. <laughs> and, and when they realized, and, and they said, our lamps are going out. People are losing their revelation. They get harder and harder. Some of the basic teachings of the Word of God that even the religious denominal world one time knew, they don't know that anymore. And they have constantly taken things out of the Word of God and shut down their mind to things. And their foolish hearts are darkened, your Scripture teaches. And more and more it's happening in our society, in our day and time. And they've become more and more liberal, more and more unbelieving, and they have less and less of things that they had. People are dying out, even old-time heads that, that at least had a little something going on now they're dying and they've got nothing going on. The younger folks are coming up and they ain't got a Bible in their hand. They got a gun in their hand. They got a knife in their hand. They have hatred in their heart. And they've got an independent and a, and a, and a, a do-whatever-I-want attitude in this world in which we're living. And they're, they're not being, oh, you ready now? They're not being trained by mama here. They're not getting in the church and getting this experience and getting this training. No, they're getting trained from the television teaching them how to kill without any thought or any remorse whatsoever. Teaching them how to hate. All kinds of things that they are being trained. They're being trained that men should be with men and women should be with women. They're being trained these things. This is what's going in. Video games, nobody cares what kind of rating it's got. They're being trained to steal cars. You know, all kinds of things that are constantly saturating their very fertile minds, when in reality it should be the seed of the Word of God that's going into that fertile heart and getting down deep in there and getting rid of the weeds, getting rid of the sin, getting rid of the things that kill and destroy. That's all the devil comes to do is to kill and to steal and to pluck up what's planted just to destroy any good. Okay, so you've got to wake up here and if you want to help your natural family, then you get in God's family. You get this experience, and you become a light. 
you let them see that there's a difference about you, that you don't dip and chew and spit anymore, that you don't have drugs in your veins anymore, that you don't uh, take all kinds of alcohol or, or nicotine into your system anymore, that you got delivered from that. What's wrong with you? You don't do what you... That's right, I don't, because now I'm happy. <laughs> now I'm free. Now the chains are gone. My mind is free. I'm not addicted to that anymore. I don't want that anymore. Well, you just so strict. You just, you just so holier than thou. No, you know what? We're not strict. We're just delivered. We're just happy. We're just so glad to be out of the cage and out of the shackles and the fetters and the, and the things that bound us up so badly and things that were destroying us every day. We're just so glad not to be that way anymore. We're just born again. We truly are new. I'm born again. There's a new me walking in these shoes now. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm a new person. Okay? And, I, and, and this is, the church is, is my family. This is my mother and my family. And this is where I go and this is what I build my life around. Not building it around my life. That's exactly the opposite way. I'm building my life around Jesus, around his mother, around the church, around the family. That's what I'm doing. So you be careful because, you know, for family's sake, he did a whole lot wrong. For family's sake, he involved himself, even to the point that he opened his big, proud mouth, and he said, well, he said, I like what you did, so I'm going to give you whatever you want. And then, he, then the request came. And when the request came for what that little saucy, fleshly thing wanted, guided by the mother who was so filled with hate and venom, Bible said he was sorry, yet, because he'd opened his big mouth, for his oath's sake, he gave her just what she wanted. You know, all some people want is a preacher's head. Just shut the preacher up. Get rid of that chapter and verse. Get rid of that word of God. Somehow, some way, if we can just say enough bad things, if we can show enough prejudice and enough racial hatred and enough criticism and enough this and enough that, and if somehow we could just get rid of that preacher, get rid of that voice, get rid of that convic conviction, then everything will be all right. No, things are going to be worse. That's just what you don't know. Things are going to be worse. It's going to get darker and going to get more challenging. And then you're going to wish for that voice. You're going to pray for that help. And those foolish ones, oh, friend, they wound up in the wrong place. And then they want to know where that voice was. They didn't one lift up his voice, one of many, but one example, lifted up his voice in hell, being in torment, and said, you know that one that I was always ignoring and always putting down and always saying, I didn't want to be like that, I want to do my thing, I'm a player, I want to be like I'm being, I won't be like that. Now, now, would you just send that dude and let him dip his finger in, in a little water and just touch the end of my parts tongue, because I'm in torment here. <laughs> oh, where is he now? Give me just a little bit of that Holy Ghost now. Give me a little bit of that anointed word now. Give me a little bit of that truth. Give me a little bit of that direction now. Give me that help. Because I'm in a place where I can't get out of it. And you can't even get him to come to me. And who would want to? I'm going to conclude with you the last part portion here, Matthew 12 and 50 on your read off the hot oven of heaven. Matthew 20 and 50. Where we started, we started Matthew 12 and 46. Now we're at Matthew 12 and 50. 
For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. This is the flesh, just like me, my Father. Okay? I have my Father in me, but I pray to my Father. Okay? Only difference is I don't have the, my Father in me to the full fullness. I have the gift of his Spirit. Jesus was the everlasting Father. He had the fullness of the Spirit. Spirit in flesh. Okay? So, for, whoso, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, or of the Spirit, in other words, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus held all the natural out for a reason. Kept them on the outside for a reason. Good example to you and I that that doesn't get ahead of the priority in my life here. First, God is first. And everything that he represents and everything that he brings, okay, he's my father. And he made the church my mother. And he made the people that make up the body of Christ by giving them the Holy Ghost and them being baptized in his name and proving themselves faithful in the church. He made them my, my family. That's my family. He took me out of a solitary situation. He took me out of a bad situation. And he brought me into the body of Christ, into the church. I need to know who's who around here. I need to know that these are the real ones, the real ones. Remember, the Lord's not just going to count his worthies, but he's going to recount them. He's going he's to make sure that at the end we got the right ones there, that are the true blue, the, the blood wash, the ones that are walking in the light as he's in the light and are having that blood wash fellowship one with another. We don't put light with darkness, hear me? Well, that's what your Bible teaches. We don't do that. We don't, we don't start mixing the, the clean with the unclean and, and, and the, the sweet with the bitter. We don't start mixing all that up, the unrighteous with the righteous. We don't. The Bible teaches against that. He's telling you that if you got light, you want to be with the light. You want to walk in the light. You want that kind of blood-washed fellowship. You don't want to be sitting around with that crowd that's saying it wrong and thinking it wrong. Yeah, but that's my brother. That's my baby brother. Well, your baby brother needs the Holy Ghost. Wake up. Okay? That's my baby sister. Well, she needs the Holy Ghost. Okay? So you learn how to hit and run. You learn how to let your light shine. After a while, with natural family, it becomes living the life. You can't say too much. They won't take it. That's for the new people out there that don't know anything. And you don't know them. You bring them the word, okay? You witness the word to them. You give them a track and a flyer or a church card. And you bring them to the house of God, all right? And we'll assign them and get them in Bible study. Well, that's what we want. But when you're talking about family, then you got to hold the line and you got to let your light so shine. The best witness to your family is them seeing that you really got it. You're not just saying it, you're walking it. You're living it. Let's stand together. Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's pray and worship God. He's a great God, a mighty God, a holy God. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you, dear God, and I praise your holy name. Come to worship you this morning. Come on, we're lifting our hearts with our hands and worship to him. Prayer to him. He is God. There is no other. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, King of kings, Lord of lords, and God of gods. We're ready. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. As soon as the song's over, we'll take it off.
Hallelujah.